You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Episode 44. All right, everyone. Welcome to Ask Concussion Doc, episode 44. This episode uh, is again a, a question from somebody. This one came in on Twitter, and uh, the question was regarding what does it take to become a CCMI clinic? Um, how do you go through the certification process? What criteria is required in order to become a certified CCMI clinic location? This is a question obviously we get a ton because we have a lot of clinics that contact us on a daily basis wanting to become certified. And we have to go through a process of vetting those clinics to make sure that those clinics fit within our criteria and are able to uh, eventually go through the process to become a certified CCMI location. So I'm going to take you through what those criteria are. Uh, how you would go about doing that and also kind of why you would even want to do that. Like why would you want to become, you know, a CCMI certified complete concussion management clinic provider. Uh, and then we're going to get into kind of some of the things that we do and um, how well, you know, some of the successes that, that we've had along this journey. Uh, it's a different model for healthcare, uh, but it has been extremely successful, uh, especially in the concussion space where there's so many unknowns and there's so many uh, issues with how care is delivered. All of you people out there watching and listening right now have some tie to concussion, whether it be on the clinical side or whether it be as a patient, and you both know how difficult it is uh, to be able to find appropriate care for somebody who has a concussion, um, or even before that, prior to the injury, how do you have a good clinic in order to deliver that care effectively for sports clubs and, and, and schools and things like that. So what does it take to become a CCMI clinic? How do we certify people? Um, and then kind of what the process is. So first off, you need to have at least one licensed healthcare professional within your clinic that has the licensed scope of practice to be able to diagnose, manage, treat, and ultimately clear an athlete back to sport or school. We also deal with non-athletes, right? We deal with a lot of motor vehicle accident claims. We deal with a lot of workplace compensation injuries. We deal with a lot of slip and falls and other types of concussions happen everywhere. They're not just sport related and this program is not just for sports. Uh, we obviously talk a lot about sports because sports are one of the you know number one ways of getting concussions, but also falls are up there and motor vehicle accidents, everything else. So anyway, you need to have at least one licensed healthcare provider within your clinic that's going to be the lead point of contact in case a concussion comes in, and they need to have the scope of practice to be able to diagnose a concussion, treat a concussion, manage a concussion, and also ultimately clear an athlete back to sport. This depends on kind of what your state regulates are, what your provincial regulations are, and what your federal regulations are. Uh, and so you'll have to kind of look into that to see if you'll be able to do that. You need to have at least one of these people. Ultimately, the more people that are available to be able to diagnose concussions, the better, because if you're kind of one of the only places in town and you're going to get a lot of volume coming in and if you can't keep up with it, concussion is one of those things you want to get people in right away. And so if you start developing a bit of a wait list, even if it's a week or two weeks, 
the whole program kind of falls apart and we're not able to deliver effective and accessible care. Um, so in most places, these professionals are MD, medical doctors, doctors of chiropractic, uh, physical therapists, and athletic uh, trainers. Uh, throughout Canada, it's mostly uh, chiros, uh, physios, and, and physicians. ATs currently do not have scope of practice in Canada to be able to formulate a diagnosis, but I have a feeling that is coming down, down the pipeline. So at this point, we can't bring on a clinic, and we get a lot of ATs that are questioning, we can't bring on a clinic that only has the lead point of contact being an AT because they're not able to form a diagnosis. Now, for us, this is an insurance issue, but it's also um, a kind of medical legal issue where we have to make sure that the people that are seeing people who we're recommending are able to at least formulate a diagnosis. And so, um, we have a lot of ATs that we do certify, but they just have to be in a clinic that with a PT or a DC or, a, or an MD, and then that individual would be the one to kind of assess the injury, formulate diagnosis, but then work obviously very closely with the AT who's probably gonna provide the bulk of you know the care and management. So anyway, that's we've had that question quite a bit, so I wanted to kind of clear this up. We also provide uh, AT certification that work with professional teams. So uh, we have a number of NHL teams where their therapists have taken it. We have other professional level sports where their therapists have taken the training and gone through the process and work uh, within our program, um, but they're not necessarily at a clinic. So we have no problem with that. We're just talking about clinic locations, pins on the map you have to be able to at least diagnose concussion according to your your state provincial uh, national kind of regulation um, um, there so in Canada DC MD PT uh, are all able to do so uh, in the states there's only about six states that require a physician to be diagnosis and clearance uh, most states require just a licensed healthcare professional with training and concussion and in a lot of states this includes AT, PT, DC uh, and so for most part those professionals are also open fair game uh, to be able to become a certified clinic location secondly you must also have at least one rehab professional in-house. Now, we won't even certify a clinic if there's only a physician there. And the reason is because in terms of return to play and returning an athlete back to sport, physical exertion testing is such an important component now. You gotta be able to put an athlete or somebody on a treadmill. You gotta you know, potentially do other types of physical exertion testing with plyometric drills and sport specific type training. Um, and you need to be able to monitor that right there where most physicians offices don't have the space and they don't have the time. Like I don't know too many physicians that are gonna have the time or the patience to sit there and put an athlete on a treadmill and spend you know 20 minutes to half an hour doing that type of stuff. And so we need to have at least one rehab professional in there for the physical exertion and return to play process because that's such an important component, but also for other things like rehabilitation. Most of the research now around concussion and treatment suggests that rehab and treatment should be started within the first 10 to 14 days to optimize outcomes. So if you're still symptomatic after that 10 day period, you should be getting rehab. But it shouldn't be, okay, I'm at 10 days now, now I have to wait for my physician to refer me to a rehab facility and then wait to get in there. If you're already seeing a clinic that has a rehab professional in-house, they can be starting that stuff right away. Um, and so that's why we require there to be a rehab professional in-house because the treatments for concussion are vision therapy, vestibular therapy, exercise, right, subsymptom threshold exercise, which requires a treadmill test. Most physicians' offices are just not equipped and most physicians don't have the time to be able to do that. So that's why our clinics work very closely with local physicians and we end up getting a ton of referrals in from the local physicians in the area because 
they know they need it done. They know they need physical exertion testing prior to making a clearance decision, and but they're not going to do it. So they just refer to us, and we take care of it. Similar to what you would see with like let's say at like an X-ray facility or a blood lab of some kind, where the physician wants blood work done. Well, the physician's not going to draw the blood, spin it down, and do all the testing themselves. They're just going to refer that off to a lab who's going to take care of all that and just send them the results and send them the report. So that's how our clinics work in a collaborative way with other physicians in the area. So uh, about 35 percent of the patients we see are actually direct referrals either from right from the emergency department so a lot of our clinics will work really closely with the emergency department they'll you know come in the physicians will say go see those guys and then we handle the case from then on out uh, we also see a lot of family physicians and sports medicine physicians that refer to us for co-management so they'll have a patient send it to us we'll take care of all that and send it back to them in terms of making that clearance decision because they're the one in charge of managing that case but in about 50% of cases, we're the first point of contact. CC My Clinics, people come right into us. You don't need a referral to come in and see us. And we can generally see you right away within 24 to 48 hours, which I think is great because we have about 300 clinics now that are able to do this. So you must have a licensed healthcare professional that can make the diagnosis. We've already gone over that. Secondly, you must have at least one rehab professional in-house. We're not going to certify a clinic that's just MD. But if you're an MD and you have a PT that works with you, great, contact us, we can get you certified in that way. Or the, the alternative is that if you have rehab clinics in, in the city that are already certified and you wanna work with them, we can certify your location and have you just work collaboratively with those locations. So there's, there's some options there. Uh, third, you're going to need equipment. Number one, you'll need a treadmill. One of the most important things to do with somebody following concussion, either in a return to play process or establishing what the cause of their persistent symptoms are is you're gonna to wanna to do a treadmill test. And so you're gonna need a treadmill. The treadmill needs to have 15 degrees of incline uh, and measure, be able to measure speed in miles per hour because the test is a standardized test that you go through. Um, secondly, all of our clinics also require an exercise bike. The bikes uh, are meant for the Chicago Blackhawks test, which we just did a study on, found that people that are in their asymptomatic state, uh, about 15% uh, of people fail that test. So after going through all of the return to learn and all the return to school and all the return to sport steps and they're feeling 100% fine, we run them through that test and about 15% of people actually fail at indicating an incomplete recovery. That's why this stuff is important. You shouldn't just be seeing somebody and clearing them with no type of exertion testing component to it. Uh, so that's why we require that. Also, uh, baseline testing equipment. And you've heard me talk about this on previous podcasts and previous shows and previous formats. Baseline testing doesn't just include neurocognitive testing. That's what most people think it is, right? They might do their baseline impact test and think that that's a baseline. But a lot of the evidence on that shows that if you're just gonna do that on its own, it's actually insufficient because there's some reliability issues with any one test. If I'm only going to do a reaction time test, my reaction time may fluctuate a little bit around a, a, a central point. Um, but and if I'm only going to do that, well, how do I know that it's a true deficit and not just a fluctuation in my normal capacity? So the way that you kind of get around this this problem is that you test multiple facets. So we're going to do an impact test for, for sure, but we're also going to do um, balance testing. So you require force plates because all the evidence shows that balance testing using the, the SCAT or the, or the BEST test, which is a part of the SCAT, normalizes after two or three days from injury. So, you know, kind of useless when you're trying to make a return to sport decision because the BEST is already normalized. But 
all the research on force plates shows that if you look at postural sway and center of pressure area medial lateral things that can last up to 30 40 days post injury so that's why it's a more it's a more sensitive test it's more uh it's able to provide better decision making so for example all of our clinics are required to have a specific force plate to be able to measure this center of pressure center of gravity motion um you know and postural sway so um, and that's it. That's pretty much it for equipment. Uh, there's other things too that you would require. It just depends on, on what you're doing. So there's some ocular motor stuff, some, um, some kind of laser stuff for, for specific testing and, uh, and also rehabilitation, but all that stuff is covered. If you want a complete list, you can contact one of our program development managers. Um, if you go on to completeconcussions.com and uh, click on the become a clinic link and that'll have all the information there that you want to see and then you can contact somebody by filling out a form and they can get in touch with you with the full list of things that you would need but the big ones are the treadmill and the bike right not all of our locations do baseline testing uh, if they don't want to have all that equipment sometimes we have just treatment and rehab centers um, but if you're working with sports clubs I think this is a very important component because it it helps to establish once the patient is saying, oh, I feel good. Okay, we've run them through the physical exertion testing. Okay, they've passed that. But then we run them through this full battery of tests where we're looking at their ocular motor function. We're looking at the reaction time. We're looking at their strength. We're looking at their postural sway. We're looking at their cognitive function. We're looking at all these different things. They'll show some deficits. And you say, okay, like I know you feel good, but that's not how concussion works, right? I'm not going to just clear you because you tell me you feel better. I want some objectivity to that decision. And that's why if you're going to be working with athletes, um, we would probably make sure that you had that equipment and be able to do that type of testing protocol. Number four, space. So you need to have the ability to provide rehab. You need some rehab space. Some clinics just have a series of treatment rooms. That's not going to be effective for concussion because you're going to need to do rehab at some point. So you're going to need to get somebody out on the floor and doing specific things. And if you don't have the space, it's just not going to work. Uh, you need a place to put your treadmill, right? You need a place to put your exercise bike. You need a place to do plyometric activities for the return to sport testing. And so you're going to have to have a decent amount of space. People always ask how much space. Generally, we say about 15 feet by 15 feet should be sufficient in order to be able to, to like of open space, not like equipment jammed into a small little room. But if you have a good 15 by 15 open area, you should be able to uh, do okay with that. Okay. Um, then, so these are kind of the criteria that we look at when we're kind of vetting a clinic, making sure do they have the right type of professionals in place? Are they already working with athletes? Are they already seeing concussion patients and just want to get better at it? Those are all things that we're looking for. We want these clinics to be optimally positioned and really qualified to do this. And do they have equipment or are they willing to get the equipment? And do they have the required space they're going to need for the program? Those are kind of the things where that's the first layer of, okay, this clinic looks like it might be a good fit for our program. Also to make sure we're not putting clinics right on top of each other so that we have two clinics right beside each other. We don't want to do that. We want to give accessibility to people. So we're looking for clinics in specific areas and, and you know, go from there. Um, okay, number five, you need to complete the CCMI certification course. Generally, this is done after we've gone through steps one to four. Um, in certain scenarios, we'll do the course first and then we'll go through the steps after and see if you're a fit for actually being a clinic location. Sometimes we'll offer the course just on its own, but that's, that's more of a rarity. Usually that course is reserved only for our specific clinics. So you must complete the course 
It's probably the most comprehensive course on concussions available anywhere, at least that we've seen. I've researched all sorts of different things, looking for various concussion courses. This one is 36 hours of like filmed content. So this is just co like course content, slides, modules, 36 hours. There's also uh, probably about 40 or 50 scientific research studies that are included in that that you have to read because they're testable material. Um, all in all, it takes about six weeks to complete. You have 45 days to from the point that you start to the point that you finish. Uh, it's 12 modules. Topics included range from international consensus statements, uh, uh, neurology, uh, basic neuroscience, getting into concussion pathophysiology, you know, looking at blood flow mechanisms and, and different uh, ATP deficits and yada, 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 um, biomechanics um, into baseline, multimodal baseline, also impact administration and interpretation and all that stuff, then into acute management, management assessment, diagnosis of acute concussions, looking for red flags, when to refer, uh, yada, yada getting into uh, persistent symptoms, post-concussion syndrome, and the management, treatment, rehabilitation of that, then also into chronic traumatic encephalopathy, what do we know, what do we not know, where are we at with the science, uh, and then also module 12 is how do you now take all this information and implement it into a program. And so each one of those modules has its own exam, and you have to get 80% on each one of those modules in order to continue on to the next module. You also have a final exam, which is 100 questions, and you must get at least 80% in order to pass and receive your certification uh, of that. Once that is set in place and you have at least one person certified, we prefer to have at least two or three so that you guys can work together um, in a collaborative fashion. Uh, once you have that, we'll put you on our map, list you as a location, and we'll give you access to our database system, which I will talk about after. To put that in perspective, that's 36 hours of training on concussion. There was a study done in 2012 in Canada looking at Canadian medical schools and they found that concussion was not on the curriculum for the majority of Canadian medical schools and those that had it, the average ended up being 30 minutes of concussion education throughout the entire four years of medical school, which is insufficient considering that our course is 36 hours. Okay, 2018 study found that Canadian med medical schools are getting better with this, but the average uh, over the four years was still only two and a half hours um, for uh, medical school. So I don't care who you are. We have some people being like, yeah, well, I'm a sports doc. That's okay. You still have to take our course, right? If we're going to put our you know, label on and say, yes, this person has done our training. We want to make sure that they know what they're doing because just because you're a sports physician, just because you're a neurologist doesn't mean you received training in concussion specifically. And so no matter who the professional is, they're required to still go through the training and take our course. And that's just the, the, the benchmark that we've set for ourselves. Uh, number six, clinicians must be keeping up with uh, ongoing research updates. So every week, um, a research assistant and myself get together. We go through all of the research that's published for a given uh, week on concussion. We break it down, we synthesize it, and then the following week we meet back up again. We look at all the new stuff coming out and we go over what was published the previous week and we synthesize it, break it down, disseminate it. And at the end of the month, we take all of those research studies and they're all summarized now and we put them up on our resources portal, which is inside of our database system 
and people then are able to access all of that research because our goal for this is for our clinicians to be experts in concussion and things are changing so rapidly that for the average practitioner to try and keep up with it all uh, on your own is just insane. Um, I only practice two days a week and the rest of the time I'm reading research and I have an assistant that helps me do it and we still have like an overwhelming amount of stuff to go through. So for the average clinician to try and keep up with the trends and emerging things in concussion is absolutely ridiculous. And so that's one key feature of our program that's different from any other program that's out there is that you get these updates so that you're always kept up to date as to what is going on in the concussion space. Are there any studies on this? Go check it out. So we're, we require our clinics to do that each month to keep up with those monthly research updates. On top of that, Number seven is that there's a recertification course required every two years, similar to what you'd see in things like first aid and, and you know th those types of things. You need to have that recertification. That recertification course is 15 hours, so it's a two-day kind of thing. Um, it's five modules, and again, you need to have an examination where you have 80% uh, in order to pass and retain your certification to keep your pin on the map of complete concussion management and keep yourself established as a certified clinic location. So that is kind of what we're looking for as well as the rigorous process that our clinicians must go through in order to be placed on the map. Why do we do all this? Why is it so rigorous? Why is it so involved? Well, because concussion is a complex thing. There's a lot of moving parts and it's important that people have the facilities, have the space, have the tools, have the skills to be able to manage these injuries appropriately. So by doing all this, we ensure we have high, we have we have high quality in the clinics that we that we have. We ensure that there's consistency from location to location, so that everyone is getting, you know, an evidence-based protocol. A lot of times, our clinics work together too. So, um, for example, I have a patient seeing me now in Toronto that actually is going back to the East Coast once school wraps up here pretty soon. So they're looking for a clinic in Halifax. Well, we got four or five of them. So. Boom, that file now goes with that patient. They show up to the clinic in Halifax, they have an ID number, that clinic in Halifax types in that ID number, boom, there's their file, all the treatment that was done, everything they've done with me so far, and that clinic knows exactly what I'm doing because they've gone through the same process and the same training that I have, and now they're able to continue care and everything is seamless for that patient. This happens a lot, particularly in the university realm, uh, at the professional level with athletes coming home for the summer, going then to play wherever else in soccer and football and hockey, um, and also Olympic sports. Um, do, do, do. So yeah, like we're only as good as our weakest clinic. That's kind of the mantra that we always you know, say around here is that we got to make sure that our clinics know what they're doing, make sure that they are, you know, holding our brand to a high standard so when people come in they um, they can't say enough good things about the care that they had at a complete concussion management certified clinic. Now why would you guys want to go through this? If there's healthcare professionals listening or even if there's patients listening, you want to know that the clinic you're going to has done all this stuff, right? You want to know that they're going to be good. But as a, as a clinician, why would you want to do all this? Well, you want to have expertise in this area. There's a lot of people that are treating concussions kind of like, you know, fumbling through it in a way. And, you know, they may have taken a weekend course or a little seminar here, or a little seminar there, but you probably don't feel 100% confident in what you're doing. So that purpose of our program is to make you feel confident with each case that comes in. And how do you manage that? How do you triage that? 
you know, what's a flow that you can go through with all these patients to make sure we're kind of crossing things off and, and arriving at the, at the proper diagnosis and providing or at least providing access to that type of, to that type of care. Um, so even though there's a lot of people treating concussions, how comfortable are you in managing concussions? So the way that complete concussion management works is it's, it's if you already have a program in place or you're kind of looking at developing one or you don't have one but you're interested in the space or you started seeing concussion patients coming in and you're kind of like, uh, I'm not really too sure about this and so you've been referring them out but wondering what you can do to, uh, to help them in your own location. Complete concussion management kind of serves as that you know, tool. It's, it's okay. Here's everything you need. We give you the education as well as the tools, the database, the system, the software to be able to manage and have a fully up and running concussion management program in your clinic within, you know, six to 10 weeks kind of thing. Um, okay. So another thing, actually, I should just kind of elaborate on this is we have, we have a number of clinics that will contact us and the biggest problem they have, they have an existing program. It's really good, but they have turnover. So every time a staff member leaves, now they have to bring it in and they have to use their own clinicians to try and train this person to get them up to speed on what to do with concussions. And so one of the biggest benefits for them with this is that they have a program that's up and running. It's, it's evidence-based. They use our program. They, you know, they get to learn more and they have this full evidence-based program now. Now if somebody leaves and a new person comes in to take their place, they just go, okay, contact CCMI, we give them access to the course, and they start their training right now because we already know, we've already vetted that clinic, we already know it's a good location, we already know the staff is good, we already know they have the equipment in the space, all they need is a course, boom, here you go, here's a new course, and that person is training off work hours and coming in into a seamless way into the clinic and now boom they're now on the same page as everybody else and they have access to the same system and tools and things like that so we've covered what you need in order to have your clinic certified we covered how the process goes in terms of what you would need to do in order to have and achieve that certification and also um, you know why we do all that and so now I want to talk about how we are doing right how is the program working like I said at the start, it's a bit of a different model for healthcare, right? It's kind of like Airbnb in a way, you know, we don't own the clinics, um, you know, like just like Airbnb doesn't own the locations, but they're simply pairing people that need a place to stay with people that have a place to stay. And so they're the tools and the software to bring those two people together um, to meet, you know, in the middle at their place. where. We don't own the clinic. The clinic is a standalone clinic. We provide the training, the tools, and the software for them to be able to have a fully functioning concussion management program that stays current, that stays up to date throughout the process. And then we also put them on our map and then provide apps and things like that so that patients can find those clinics and they can work together and collaborate. So right now, our clinics, based on patient exit surveys, our clinics have a 97% patient satisfaction rating. That means that the patients that have come in to see our clinics, 97% of them rate their overall experience, and this is after. So they come in, they see a clinician, they go through a treatment protocol, they get discharged. 97% of those patients rate their overall experience as, as very good to excellent on the rating scale. 
So I think that shows that the training that people are getting and the service that they're providing uh, is exceptional. And oftentimes these are people that we've seen months to years after their injury and they've been bouncing around the, you know, the entire medical system and it's not until they see us that, boom, okay, we've triggered something, we've unlocked something, we give them the rehab that they need and away they go. Also, I'm gonna talk about net promoter score. So if anyone's heard of the net promoter score, it's basically, if you take a number from positive 100 to negative 100, it's you take all the people that would recommend your service. So those are the people, if you rate it a zero to 10 scale, how many people uh, would rate you as a nine or a 10 in terms of would you recommend, how likely would you be to recommend our service? If you pick nine or 10, that's in the promoter side of things. If you pick seven or eight, that's kind of in the neutral zone of like, yeah, they're, they, they, don't, they like your service, but they're not gonna go out of their way to tell anybody about it. So that's the seven and eight category. Then you look at anything that's a six and below, they're kind of a detractor. They're somebody who goes, mm, no, I wouldn't probably be likely to recommend that. And in fact, I might even bash it or talk negatively about it. So anyone who's a nine or a 10, you take all the, the full number of people that are nines and tens, and you subtract the full numbers that are six and below. Seven and eight are kind of just throwaways. And what you get is a score from negative 100 to positive 100. A score uh, above zero is considered a good, a good company, a good service, a good product. A score 50 and above in the positive direction is considered an excellent company, service, product. Anything that is 70 and above is considered world class kind of out of this league. So for example, here's some big companies and this is what their net promoter scores are. Amazon's net promoter score is 61, okay? So it's hard to have a really high score. Like Amazon is probably one of the most popular companies in the world and their score is 61. Apple's is I think the highest public traded company in the world, 72. Uber is a 37 net promoter score. Netflix, how many people love Netflix? I love Netflix. Um, 68 on the net promoter score. CCMI, Complete Concussion Management's net promoter score from patients who would recommend our service is 91. That's like insane, right? And again, that just shows that the level of training that goes into this and the quality that we're trying to establish in the concussion space, the accessibility, right, the technology, all of these things factor into this and 91 um, as, as a net promoter score is absolutely incredible. Um, and so that's why I'm kind of praising it right now. Um, we also have some technology, some concussion database and stuff. The overall mission of CCMI, and this is on our website, I grabbed it right from there, is to improve the collective understanding of the prevention, management, and prognosis of concussion and to provide high quality, accessible, and patient-centered care based on the latest scientific and medical research. Our network acts as an extension of existing healthcare teams and medical doctors. From pre-injury multimodal baseline testing to treatment and rehabilitation, recognized clinics and trained practitioners offer accessible and timely care to support those impacted by concussions. Um, that's probably a good way to end it. So let's do a, let's do a little quick recap. So, need a licensed healthcare provider who's able to diagnose. You need a rehab professional. They can be the same person, that's okay. You need to have equipment or be willing to get equipment. Treadmill and bike are the big ones, but you also need some baseline testing equipment. If you need a full list, go to completeconcussions.com, check it out. Actually, you know what, let's put the link 
in the show notes for people to just click on. Um, you need to have space because you need to be able to provide rehab. You need to be able to do physical exertion testing. This doesn't work in just a medical clinic that has a couple treatment rooms. You won't be able to provide the things you need to have a good quality return to play process, to have good rehabilitation if you have a confined space. Um, you need to be able to complete the certification course, achieve 80% on the final examination. It's a 36-hour course. You have to keep up with monthly research updates. You have to do a recertification every two years. I think that is just about does it. Again, not going to say anything about the game tonight. But I hope they do well. All right, guys, that's it for today. Um, not sure what the topic is next week, but uh, join us. And thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.